What is up, guys? Welcome back to the amusement park and theme park talk show. Uh, obviously, it's only named one of those, but, you know, it's whatever. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to spotlight another park. It is Fantasia Land in Germany. Now, this is one of my most, like, top bucket list parks. Like, this is, this thing's insane. I'm not going to lie. Because you got, I mean, you literally got everything you could ever want in a park. You have insane theming. Like, I'm talking better than Disney. Better than Universal, in my opinion. I mean, looking at these themed areas, I just see them being more in depth than even disney and universal is like i feel like they would be more immersive they they spared no expense on these areas like they are literally insane so that's the first thing second thing is they are quality areas and i say that because literally it's not just about the theming it's also about the excellent rides in those areas some of them are literally insane so Speaking of those areas, uh, those uh, those areas are split up into several parts, um, but mainly here's the park split up into several themed areas. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Uh, so we have Berlin, and this also now has the brand new for twenty twenty one, I believe it was. Uh, yes, twenty no twenty twenty. My bad. Area Rookberg. Now, Rookberg is a very interesting area because it's fully steampunk-themed, and it's insanely steampunk-themed. It's home to another ri or to a ride that uh, we'll be talking about shortly. Um, so, they also have a Mexico-themed area, a Chinatown uh, mystery area kind of thing that has Klugheim in it, which has another famous ride. Uh, they have a fantasy zone uh, with Woostown in it. And they have Deep in Africa, which is another excellent themed area with an excellent ride within. So, if you want to look at the roller coasters only, that's fine. That's what we'll go through first. But I'm going to spotlight all of the rides. Like, all of them. Because they are very important. I'm also going to give a bit of a um, history of the removed attractions as well. There are, unfortunately, a lot of them, uh, so this is going to be a long episode. I say unfortunately because these were excellent, excellently themed attractions, a lot of them, but everything must have an expiration date. Uh, sometimes that expiration date hits and they rebuild the attraction, retheme the attraction, and sometimes they just completely remove the attraction, so it's kind of all up for debate there. So, let's take a look at the roller coasters in alphabetical order because you know what? Why not? First up, we have Black Mamba. Now, Black Mamba is one of my most anticipated Bollinger and Mabillard inverted coasters. Now, for those who are unfamiliar, an inverted coaster is where riders sit below the track instead of above the track. Uh, but the ride, uh, ride vehicles are rigid, unlike a suspended roller coaster where... It's the same concept, but the ride actually has cars that swing side to side during the ride experience. So Black Mamba is an inverted coaster from the most famous inverted coaster manufacturer, 
Bolliger, and Mabillard, who has built world-class rides around the world, not just inverts, but also other attractions, such as the Incredible Hulk at Universal Studios Florida, or Universal's Islands of Adventure, Florida. So, Black Mamba looks like an immaculate ride, like absolutely immaculate attraction. It has four inversions, which isn't the most eye-popping, uh, you know, stat, but it has four quality inversions from what I've heard. Uh, it has a loop, a zero-gravity roll, and two corkscrews, but this isn't really about the ride. The ride is apparently really intense and thrilling, but... It's not about the ride. It's about this the freaking theming. Like this thing is insane. Like literally looking at it, I'm like, that's by far the best theme BNM invert. It's not even close. Like Montu and Osiris and stuff like that, they just don't come close. Now obviously being Black Mamba, it's themed to Africa. Uh which, you know, is kind of a kind of an obvious situation there. But, uh, you know, it's it's native to sub-Saharan Africa. I just was looking that up. Sorry about the pause. Because I wanted to make sure I got where the Black Mamba was from. Uh, so that's a snake for those who are not familiar with the Black Mamba. Uh, it's a very venomous snake that is known for being actually white, ironically. But it's the inside of its mouth is completely black. So that's kind of the theme there. Also... Following the African theme, I don't know if this is still done, but uh, they did at a, at one point use only uh, people who were black in the uh, cast crew for the ride. I'm not sure if that is still done because that may have been deemed discriminatory at the time. It was okay, but I'm not sure if that's still done. Again, I want to make sure that I say that as a disclaimer. disclaimer. I thought... Personally, it wasn't discrimination. It was just a cool theming element. Um, it was part of the theming. I don't think the park ever intended for it to be discriminatory. But again, that is up for debate on whether it was or not. I'm not going to get into that because that is a controversial topic. That And we don't talk about controversial topics on this show. Well, we do, but only when it involves roller coasters and not a political kind of thing, which that can get political real quick. And that can also get uh, messy. So we're not going to go into that, whether or not it was discriminatory. Um, but the ride actually only hits 50 miles an hour. So it's not the most impressive. Only 85 feet tall, 88 foot drop. But what it does well is the trenches. It flies in and out of African building, African themed buildings. It's literal lift hill. Like the first drop drops out of a building in between two other buildings and then into a loop that basically goes through another building. So, I mean, it's kind of like buildings galore, but the cool thing about it is quite simple. I mean, literally, it's diving in and out of trenches. You don't see what's coming next. It's almost impossible, if not impossible, even if you know the ride's layout by heart. Once you're on it, I've heard it's just not possible to really think about that because obviously you're riding a thrilling roller coaster. And the first time you ride it, apparently it's like riding and just not knowing what's happening. You just know, especially in the front row where things are like, 
you can see the unobstructed views of how close you're coming to some of these supports, to some of these buildings. Obviously, it's perfectly clear uh, clearances. There's no danger to you, but it definitely gives the appearance that there is, which is another thrilling element of the ride. Uh, and that's always cool to kind of have is that element of danger in a ride, even though you're perfectly safe. So the ride is just literally probably the most perfect B&M invert in terms of theming. Uh, I don't think it'd be the best B&M invert in terms of ride experience in, well, not ride experience, but in terms of intensity or layout, but with the ride experience mixed in with the theming I don't know, this could contend with rides like Montu and Alpengeist for my favorite inverted coaster. So I really, really want to get out to Europe to ride this. If I only go to one park in Europe, it'd be a toss-up between this and Energylandia. That's how good Fantasialand looks. And from what I hear, is. So the second roller coaster we'll talk about is Colorado Adventure. Now, this is one of the somewhat older roller coasters still operating at the park. It's actually the second oldest still operating at the park. It is from the Dutch manufacturer Bacoma, who has been doing some great rides as of recent. This is one of their older rides, although one of their better older rides, from what I understand. Uh, Their older rides are typically infamous for being rough, uncomfortable rides. However, this one seems to be an exception. In fact, most of their mine train rides do. Yes, it is a mine train, and... uh, you know, that's always a cool thing to have a nice uh, mine train in your park. Has three lift hills, actually, on this one. And it's by far the longest become a mine train. Or at least I think it is. I- I'm pretty sure it is. Because this thing is literally 4,200 feet long. The only one longer I could think of is maybe, 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 maybe uh, one of the uh, Big Thunder Mountains that Vekoma built, which I think is the one at, um, but no, I just looked, it's, it's still not longer, Big Thunder Mountain is only 4,000 feet long at Disneyland Paris, so that should tell you something, this is the longest Vekoma mine train, it's probably, no, not probably, it's definitely the longest mine train out there, a lot of mine trains tend to be anywhere from 2,200 to 3,400 feet long, is typically the range of, uh, of normal C for a length of a mine train, uh, 3,400 feet being a very high end. Uh, so even less than that, more like 2,200 to 3,000 is more standard. So that should tell you something. This thing is 4,199 and a half feet long. So basically 4,200 feet long has a height of 85 feet, which is also pretty significant for a mine train and a top speed of 31 miles per hour. The other thing I want to note before going into the ride experience of theming is it runs five freaking trains, or theoretically it can run five trains. Uh, My guess is it can only run four and the fifth is for maintenance, but it does have five trains. So, I mean, maybe it can run all five, but it definitely can run four. I've heard of it running four uh, as well. So it's not unheard of for this ride to run four trains, which is pretty insane for a mine train. So... Usually the most I've seen on a mine train in America. I believe I've seen three, maybe. Trying to think where I've seen three. I don't think I have. I think it's mainly two, unless it's uh, Big Thunder Mountain, which probably can run an insane amount of trains too. But um, other than that, 
I don't think I've seen three trains at most parks. I think it's usually a two train kind of ride. Um, so that's kind of something to note as well. Now, as for theming, this ride, despite being an older ride, does it quite well, in my opinion. Lots of rock work, lots of extensive theming. Some, It's just in the Mexico-themed area, so, like, you got to have the rock work. Like, you got to. Yeah, you got to have some cacti. They have some of those. I don't know if they're real, but they still look cool. You got to have some of those desert plants. They have that. They have a teepee for some reason i guess there were native americans in mexico i suppose but okay and a couple of other theming elements i'm sure they also have a water effect they have literally so much to offer in this they have a giant uh kind of western style water tower and some other structures involved and i think that's significant because Really, Mexico back in the day wasn't that different from the Old West. I mean, it was because of the culture and everything. But in terms of how people carried themselves, it really wasn't that different. And some of the structures that you would see in an American Old West town, you would also definitely see in a uh, Mexican Old West town. So this ride also looks like it pulls some decent forces. And I've heard from uh, people who have ridden it that it does. But here's the insane thing. This ride has a theoretical capacity with all those trains of 2,300 riders per hour. To put that in perspective, some of the biggest roller coasters in the world struggle to hit 1,500 or 1,600. Literally, that's insane. Everything about this ride in terms of capacity is insane. And as usual, per Fantasia Land typical standards, the theming is insane too. Although the rock work does is starting to look a little dated, I'm sure a re, I'm sure a repaint really isn't necessary because as it looks dated, it kind of looks more worn, like more weather worn kind of rock, but it still maintains the look of rock work. So I think that's something to note as well that I still think that they should not repaint the rock work at all, at least for a while until it starts to get too faded. But as of now, it looks great as is. So, it also has some tunnels, by the way. That's something else to note. So, also, um, one last thing. It was designed by uh, Peter Clerks, uh, who has designed 239 roller coasters. Uh, so, he's designed a lot of Vekoma's older rides. So, that's something to note as well, that he is a well-known designer. Not necessarily for the best reasons, but in this case, for a great reason. So next up, we got Crazy Bats. This is a Vacoma Custom Mark 900. Uh, this is also another long ride. It's the world's longest, or was the world's longest indoor coaster before Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opened at Disney, uh, Disney World in Florida. So like before that, before it opened in Epcot, there is no longer indoor coaster. It's 3,855 feet long. Guys, to put that in perspective, that's over half a mile of track. Actually, it's around three-quarters of a mile or a little more of track in a building. Like, why? What? That's insane. Also, it has three chain lift hills, and it's honestly 
gives the vibe of an indoor mine train in terms of its layout. Once you turn the lights on, there are some lights on POVs. They're very rare and uncommon. You're more likely to see a night vision POV uh, or something similar to that or somebody who had a light on their um, on their uh, camera, which kind of would ruin the ride experience for others, but okay, it's whatever. So yeah, that, I mean, the ride's just, it's also four minutes long, which means it's not exactly the fastest ride. It doesn't even hit 30 miles an hour at 29 miles an hour. It's only 38.4 feet tall at its tallest. It's really a great family coaster from what I hear. It can run four trains, which isn't surprising with the three lift hills. And overall, it just looks really like a decent experience. I've heard that it's uh, it definitely doesn't do the best in the theming department, which it's kind of a lot more darkness and just focusing on the darkness of the ride and you're in pitch dark. Oh, there's a voice crack. That was terrible. Okay, we're going to ignore that. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, This was, uh, this used to be known as Tem- Temple of the Nighthawk. And Temple of the Nighthawk uh, was rethemed in 2018 to Crazy Bats uh, for a VR experience. I'm not sure um, if the VR is still available. It may be, it may not be. Uh, you'd have to check the park's website, which right now might be not be the best time because they're only listing their Christmas rides right now, which is understandable. They're trying to market that and show people what they are having available for the Christmas event. So it makes sense. So next up is my most bucket list ride, arguably of all time, honestly. It is F.L.Y, or Fly for short, because, you know, basically the dots are just to celebrate it because it's actually an abbreviation for Flying Launch Coaster. Because literally Vacoma, with their new-gen track, new-gen designs, um... Shout out to Benjamin Blumendahl. I may have butchered that name. Uh, but this man has designed some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen. And definitely the coolest stuff Vacoma has ever seen. Um, this is the world's longest flying coaster. It's 4,055 feet long. It's in the themed area of Rookberg. And this thing, like... The steampunk theme of Rookberg is unreal. This is arguably the most immersive themed experience ever to be created. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. So, the ride is 48.5 mile an hour top speed. Isn't that impressive with the speed? But it has two LSM launches. For those of you who are unfamiliar, an LSM launch is a linear synchronous motor, which is a type of magnetic launching system that is actually used on uh, several uh, military uh, aircraft carriers. Um, I'm not sure, because they used to use linear induction motors, but linear synchronous motors have the ability to take a lot less energy and power uh, to use. So, for example, they would launch, uh, I do believe they'd launch aircraft off the ship in that method. Uh, I'm not sure how they did it or do it, but uh, yeah. 
So it has a dark ride section as well, so that's kind of cool. Although basically, the whole ride is so heavily themed that it might as well be one giant dark ride not in the dark. Like, seriously. This thing is insane. Like, I would throw some pictures up, but it's kind of, you know, a copyright issue, so I'm not gonna throw some pictures up, you know. It's just kind of not good to do that. You know, copyright. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, also to note is... This is the world's first launched flying coaster. This has never been done before. And they went big or go home. Like, I'm shocked they haven't sold another one of these. Because, like, why not? Why not sell more of these? Come on, Parks, buy them. It opened in 2020. Why is there not another one? This was a huge success. Um, I'd love to see a Park in America go with one. Uh, the, although we haven't seen many new Gen Vacomas, they're starting to pop up now. Uh, so that's something to note. And the seating position is genius on this. You actually start by loading in sitting down. It's just your good old-fashioned average loading system. And then the track is literally sideways when this happens. And all that happens is the track turns 90 degrees in a way that turns you into the flying position. I mean, it's genius. It's literally genius. Like, like, seriously. Who thought of, well, I know who thought of that, but dang. That's, that, it's brilliant. It really is. So that's kind of something to take a note of as well. So actually, we're going to split this Fantasia Land spotlight into two episodes simply because it's going to take a while to get through uh, each part. And I don't like to make these too long because I want you guys to enjoy them without getting bored. So, yeah. Alright, so next up we have Reich, I believe is how it's pronounced. Another Benjamin Blumendahl ride. Um, it's a Vacoma Family Boomerang. Now, these models are really interesting to me because, obviously, their old boomerang model uh, was, well, it was popular among parks, but it's not very popular among ride enthusiasts these days. And the general public tends to find them a little nauseating and uncomfortable as well. So that should tell you something that even, basically, when the general public doesn't like something, that's when a park has a serious problem. If ride enthusiasts love something, but the general public doesn't, they're not going to get return on investment on the ride. And here's why. The general public makes up 99.9% .9 of who goes to theme parks. Like, most people who go there don't give a darn about who made the ride or what, it, what uh, stats it has. They care about the fact that it looks cool and it rides good. Boomerangs didn't ride good. Or they did at first, but now they don't because they're getting old and rickety and not very comfortable. That being said, the Family Boomerang uses a new style track and is actually apparently a really fun, thrilling experience for the families to enjoy and also adults. It's really a all-around good experience. Supposedly it has some airtime moments in some cases in some models. It has some... Uh, good forces, but not too extreme so that families can still enjoy them. And also it has the thrilling shuttle coaster experience where you go forwards and backwards through the track. So I honestly really like the concept of this model and I think it's really good. Alright, so next up is the last 
completely out of this world famous ride here and arguably more famous than Fly since it opened four years before, it is Terran. Now, Terran is an Intimate Amusement Rides, which is a Lichtenstein-based company, I want to say. Yes, Lichtenstein-based company um, that... Uh, oh, I think my mouse just died. No, my mouse didn't die. Why is my thing not responding? Maybe my mouse did die. We're going to turn it off and turn back on. Technical difficulties, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, there we go. It's working again. All right. So this is a multi-launch coaster. Um, until 2022, it was the fastest multi-launch coaster in the world. Then, to be cheeky, and I mean cheeky, Busch Gardens Williamsburg built Pantheon and beat the record by three-tenths of a mile per hour. I find that absolutely hilarious. Like, think about it. Three-tenths of a single mile per hour. Like, that's... that. Uh, that's hilarious. That's just funny. I'm sorry. To me, stuff like that is funny when a park is totally a complete butthole. We'll just call it that to the guy who previously had a record because they're like, oh, we're going to beat it by so little that you're going to be mad and turn up the launch system just a little bit just so you can reclaim it. Like, seriously, like, that's what I would do if I was Fantasial and be just like, hey, Intamin, can this run one mile per hour faster? Okay, good, it can? All right, bet. That's what I would do, honestly. That being said, it's an LSM launch coaster from Intamin. It's a custom layout. Uh... It only stands around 100 feet tall, but it's all about the low to the ground, aggressive transitions, some airtime moments, and incredible theming. Like, absolutely incredible theming. This park does it well, but other than Rookburg, uh, this is the most well-themed area. It's called Klugheim, and it houses Reich as well. So, Klugheim, Houses Reich, and Terran. And this ride is 4,331 feet long, goes 72.7 miles per hour. Pantheon goes 73, by the way. Um, it runs four trains, and I believe it is capable of running all four. I'm not sure. So, some of y'all may have met, met, noticed the, uh, well, you obviously noticed that it just cut out. That was a technical difficulty. I apologize for that. So what I was going on about, um, I realize this now, I was still thinking it was recording for an extended period of time, but like five minutes. So that was unfortunate. But uh, I want to leave that in just to kind of merge this these clips together and just tell you what happened. So without further ado, let's continue that uh, we were discussing all four trains being run on the track at once. Uh, it is a possibility. Uh, I believe so. Uh, I don't think Terran typically runs all four except on ridiculously busy days. I think it typically runs two or three trains. Uh, so that's something to note. But I do believe with the block zones in the uh, 
in the uh, coaster that it would be able to. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, a block zone is a section of track that only one train may occupy at a time. At the end of each block zone is a method to stop the train, uh, just in case the block zone ahead is occupied. That's kind of the premise of it right there. Uh, so, to continue talking about Terran, the theming's immaculate. I mean, the second launch is hidden, so you don't even see it coming. It just launches you into more theming. I mean, it's unreal how cool it is. And, yeah, so that's just something to note. Uh, it's really cool overall as an experience. I mean, that much is obvious. If you take a one look at a picture, it gives you the vibe of, I want to ride that. So, and that goes for general public and coaster enthusiasts alike. Uh, you don't have to be a coaster enthusiast to look at this and say, dang, that's really freaking cool. I want to ride that. I mean, some rides aren't as easy to do that with, but this is universally something that someone who likes to ride rides or likes to take a ride on a roller coaster or isn't uh, too scared of them to ride them would look at it and go, dang, that looks cool. So uh, very few rides actually do that where anybody can look at it that enjoys rides and whether they know a darn thing about rides or not they just like them they are a nerd about them it doesn't matter and very few rides really have that uh mystique about them that are so good uh but fly is one of them and Terran is one of them and they're in and black mamba is one of them and that's three of them in the same freaking park so usually a park may have one ride that does that this park has three like, come on, that's insane. But, uh, so yeah, that's Terran for you. Last but not least on our coaster list is Winja's. Now, Winja's is a Mauer Rides uh, spinning coaster. Now, Mauer is, in case, for those of you who aren't familiar, a manufacturer that has done some interesting stuff. It's a German manufacturer, they built some Wild Mouse coasters. They built their X-Car model, which has mixed results of either being freaking awesome and meh and ouch. Those are basically the best ways I'd describe it. Um, they also are known for their spinning coaster model, which, as you can uh, tell, we're discussing that right now. And actually, Winges is two spinning coasters. Uh, in one, it has a side named Force and a side named Fear. Now, this, these coasters are famous for tricks up their sleeve. Now, I'm not going to spoil them, because for those of you who don't know, don't look them up if you're going to ride it soon, or something like that. If you want to look them up, that's fine, but it has some tricks up its sleeve. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I know that it would be way more interesting if I just said it to kind of get a topic of discussion i get that but good lord it, it's just something i wish i didn't know about until i wrote it myself uh and even though i know about them i still think that these tricks would still catch me by surprise just because of how unique they are so that's all i'm going to really say about that part both coasters feature an elevator lift system which basically is quite literally it lifts the trains on a piece of track like an elevator would uh, so it's not like a lift hill or anything like that. It just takes you straight up to the top. Both coasters are 57 feet tall. Fear has a 52 and a half foot drop. The drop on force is not really known at this time. 
Force also is a little slower at 37.3 miles an hour, but also shorter at 1,345.1 feet of track, while Fear travels 41 miles per hour over 1,525.6 feet of track. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, you know, it's just kind of whatever, you know, I mean, they offset each other so that they can somewhat interact with each other. Uh, the lengths are different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the, uh, trains won't interact with each other simply because of the speed differential. So that's something to note as well. So other than that, Winges is another well-themed ride, although it's arguable that uh, this section of the park is a little dated and could use some work. Um, I'll leave that up for debate because, I mean, every part of Fantasialand's done well, although this one, I, I will say it, is definitely the weakest themed area. Um, Winges, the area that Winges is in just isn't quite on the level of... Yeah, it's in Fantasy uh, in Wu's Town. And the Fantasy area in Wu's Town just isn't quite on the level of, say, Klugheim or Rookburg or even Mexico and deep in Africa. It's just not quite on the same level. So that's just something to note for those of you who are interested in riding that, that don't expect the best theming in the world from that area. But the rest of the park is done well, and I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing they do is go back and redo that area, make it much more uh, like the rest of the park. So, um, for more awesome stuff, stay tuned for a, uh, for a part two to this. This is going to be a multi-part series. The first thing we're going to do is go over... Um, in the next episode, we're going to go over the water rides, which this is famous for. In fact, we're going to go very in-depth into the water rides. And um, then in the third episode, we'll probably go into the other attractions at, uh, at Fantasialand. Or Fantasialand, or however you want to say it. So uh, that's just uh, definitely something to consider that uh, we will be revisiting this for the next two episodes. So I really hope um, that you guys tune in. I'll see you guys in the next one, guys. Peace.